Hey everyone, it's um, me, Tony. What's up? I'm going to talk to you today, continue my story about my journey into cigar box guitar. I believe this is about episode three of the journey continuing. Now, as I say before, all the time, don't forget if you like what you hear, uh, why not share with a friend? Share the link, hit the bell, click the like, share with your friends, do whatever it is you do. I'll be very grateful indeed. Where were we last week? I think we talked a bit further about my road into cigar box guitar. I think we can call it CBG now. We're all friends here, right? Though I did learn the other week when Facebook denied an ad that I posted that there is indeed a component of medical marijuana that has the CBG acronym as well. So would you believe it? I had to explain to Facebook that my post was about a musical instrument. It had nothing whatever to do with cannabis. <laughs> what a world. Algorithms dictating terms in an idiot manner is not what AI was supposed to be about, I don't think. Anyway, we all laughed about it in the end. Well, I'm sure we will in the near future. But let's get on. Okay, so I get to the get to the point, I guess, where I, where I said I was um, – I heard heard C6 Steve, and I think that was that was a, a gateway for me. And, and um, by now, of course, the internet was in full swing, so you could get a uh, take a look at just about anything you liked. So I was busy filling my boots on guys like Shane Spiel. If you really get a uh, get a chance, check out his stuff online. Very good. Justin Johnson, Chickenbone John from the UK over here. Those sort of guys were playing their wares. Now, even mainstream folks were were dabbling. Heck, I recall seeing McCartney play one at some concert or other. So it wasn't as if content was not available. The thing was, I, I when I grew up um, playing an instrument, I felt it was beyond me, uh, I guess. I felt self-conscious about it, as I mentioned. It wasn't my thing. I didn't have the chops or the dedication to do it. So while I had cigars, just about uh, c- cigars, I meant guitars, just about all the time through my late teens, I never really believed that I could play it, particularly in public, so I never really did. Often they'd just lie dormant for months in the cases, pick them up occasionally, strum the same old stuff I always did for about half an hour before I got bored and put it away again in its coffin. Now, I was brought up in a pretty standard household in Australia, pretty middle class. Both parents worked at various stages. Dad went through several varied jobs in his career to keep food on the table and the mortgage paid. My parents, they they would have grown up in tough times. But by then, into our childhood in Australia, things were looking up a bit and the country was quite prosperous. Except that didn't really last, did it? Around the 70s, I guess it was a signal that things were not as we were being told. And we all know what went on. We had the fuel crisis and that just signaled worse to come. And that was the start of the slow decline in manufacturing for a number of reasons, including technological and political with global economics and what they now call neoliberalism, uh, having a lot to do with killing off a lot of local industry. My parents uh, had a pretty typical view of how to be successful. And it was the same as pretty much everyone from that generation back then. They encouraged me to study hard at school, go to uni, get a career, work your 40 odd years, retire, and by that time, you should be pretty much set. That was what our parents had set up for us with all their hard graft over the course of the previous 20 or 30 years. And that was, of course, what we know as the baby boomer era. 
I was kind of on the end of that demographic, seemingly just scraping through it, see, mopping up the scraps that fell from the table before things disappeared forever. I never really made that connection until later. And if you ever really are interested in demographics, it's a fascinating subject to explore if you ever get a chance. I guess um, that was about the time that the university degrees had become standard for everybody and just about everyone was either going for or had one, sometimes more. And even back then, it felt like the system was just churning people through the, to produce more fodder for the machine. I think we realise that now, pr pretty sure, is the case. And these days, kids pay huge fees, come out of uni with a huge debt that often they've got no chance at all of ever paying back because they're given such miserable opportunities in the commercial world. I don't know where it all went wrong. We've all got our thoughts. But the upshot is that they are saddled with debt even before we as our group got stuck with a huge debt when we got a mortgage. In fact, these days, even getting a mortgage for many of the kids is beyond their reach because of the bank-driven housing bubble. And don't, don't even get me started on credit cards. Enough of that already. As I mentioned earlier, my first real job uh, I had was as a trainee engineer at the Steelworks in Newcastle, Australia. I was working at a huge firm called BHP, which uh, – stood for Broken Hill Proprietary Company Limited. And at the time, I think it's now called BHP Billiton or something like that. At the time, anyway, it was, it was one of the biggest steel makers in the world. And around then, on the site, you could see up to 12,000 people, and it was widely considered to be the lifeblood of what we had dubbed our town, which was Newcastle. Uh, and along with the mines, that was what kept the area alive. made a lot of firm friends during my time there. And I will say that the camaraderie, particularly in the early days, was kind of pretty special. It was, a, it was a very special place to work. Much of that experience I look back on now really fondly and it took away, I took away a lot of memories. But as I look back in a certain way nostalgically, I see there really was a start of the downturn in industry as the world knew it. Most of all, it signaled a trend in my own career path that I should have picked up on, but I didn't at the time, being young and pretty naive and green. And so I guess after a few years after graduating and moving into industry, I found myself increasingly disillusioned and dissatisfied with my career direction. I realized that sometime later, in fact, I was working in a declining manufacturing sector, and that was in its death throes in the country and all over the developed West. And as with anything that's struggling to survive, it becomes more and more desperate. BHP was slowly but surely winding their operations back in Australia, choosing instead to focus on the more profitable but, but exploitative mining side of things. Broken Hill itself is a, a small mining town out in the deep, deep west of the state of New South Wales in Australia, and it's where the company got its start, and as a result, it took its name. Just as a side story, um, a couple of years after I left BHP, I decided to go traveling, uh, walk about as we call it, but this was by car, and we happened through Broken Hill. It was pretty dry, hot, dusty, and we rolled into town, and we were, we were plenty parched. My mate Daniel, or Dan, as I knew him, um, he was traveling with me on the first leg of my tour, and he was going through to Perth, and uh, we spied a quite traditional-looking colonial-style Australian outback pub lovely old veranda that wrapped around the upper floor and a set of uh, double doors on the corner that led into the public bar. Some of the architecture in Broken Hill itself is quite spectacular in its old way, nostalgic and characteristic of those old colonial days of Australian history. 
it was a very prosperous place at one stage in its history and in a quaint way it is a view of how life was back in australia in back in those days anyway it was the middle of a scorching day and i think everyone must have been indoors to get out of the heat we dragged ourselves over must have looked estate because we've been driving in a hot car for a while and the aircon in my old chrysler valiant pacer was not all it should be there we were we were tired and hot and most of all thirsty so this pub looked like a real oasis we virtually fell in through the two doors that opened up inwards not literally but you know what i mean only to be confronted by about half a dozen really hard looking old diggers i guess they were graziers though they could have been miners um they did quite a lot of that it's still up there and uh all had basically turned their faces directly around at us the discussion stopped completely and silence fell almost immediately we walked in and i tell you what it struck us like uh one of those scenes from an old western movie and we half expected one toothless bearded old timer to murder murmur to the others strangers in some sort of ominous tone we laugh about it now but it turned out it was a pretty decent day uh they were they were good sorts salt of the earth type blokes and it seemed like they didn't see many tourists around that time um i think it's changed a lot now um and they were just interested in what we were doing where we were going and why we found out a little bit about them as well as you do anyway that that was a uh a good moment on a on a pretty good trip that we uh, had over to Perth. We crossed the Nullarbor. Anyway, naturally, uh, just getting back to um, uh, my working at BHP, I guess. At the end of uh, my degree, we were, we were almost told there'd be no future for us there. And eventually, when I was given the opportunity to take redundancy, I grabbed it and left, as did most of my colleagues and many of my friends. They all took the money and, and uh, ran, basically. Uh, because we could see the writing on the wall. And I did allude to my little Australian touring adventure, and that was pretty much financed, mind you, on a shoestring. Um, it was supported by that BHP redeployment package, uh, as was a stint in a film and video school, which I might um, talk about at some other late, later date. At that time, it did seem generous. I really don't know how we got to the point these days where corporations don't feel obliged to look after people that they turf out in the streets once they've finished needing them. And I guess one lesson I did learn a couple of times was that not to train up to go into mature industries that are destined to go into decline. I did engineering and later followed that up with a business master's, but it never really seemed to be my calling. I never really got that enthusiastic enthusiastic about working for these large organizations i think a lot of things have changed around engineering now um, i'm not sure but it just feels to me like um they're getting a little bit of respect back now but back then quite a lot of engineers left the profession and moved into uh, management and marketing quite quickly anyway one big reason that uh i did sort of move on from uh, from that manufacturing side of things and, and also a stint in the mining. And I also worked a bit with another firm that was in forestry um, was that I was starting to get a social conscience. Um, I'd been harboring that since my teens and I was starting to develop big ideological issues with these large mining and manufacturing industries that I, I won't really go into here because I've already run well over time, though it was one factor contributing to my decision to head off and seek my fortunes elsewhere. So I left Australia in the late 80s 
finally settling in the UK after traveling a bit uh, around um, the my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, I spent a bit, bit of time sort of traveling in Africa and um, and through Scandinavia and Eastern Europe before I finished up uh, in the UK. I'll go into that at some time in the future. I've been back a few times. I like to keep in touch with friends and family in Oz, uh, and it has changed a lot since then, but I still remember a lot of things about those times pretty fondly. Well, this has been pretty much an epic. Um, I'll call a halt to it there and say just to remember, if you if you enjoy listening to it, I'd be really pleased if you share the link with your friends or anyone else you think might like to hear the journey, and that would be greatly appreciated. Take it easy. I'll catch up with you when next I can. This is Tony Lane signing off. Have a great day. Over and out. <laughs>